Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Our podcast is dedicated to therapists, social workers, counselors, and psychologists working with clients from an attachment-based perspective. Join host Karen Doyle Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading attachment theory researchers and clinicians in the field. Today, Karen concludes her two-part discussion with Jessica Sinarski on making brain science accessible and entertaining for kids and parents. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. I'm your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter from here at Chaddock and looking forward to bringing you another great interview. So today, my guest, I want to tell you a bit about her, is Jessica Sinarski, and her superpower is making brain science accessible and entertaining for children and adults. She's living out this superpower as a licensed mental health counselor, supervisor, a bilingual author, and doing presentations across the country. She has also contributed to magazines, blogs, and podcasts. She has over 15 years of training as a clinician and a consultant, and she created the resource Brave Brains as a training platform. She also uh, wrote the book Riley the Brave, which actually has a sequel to it, which we are going to be mentioning today in the podcast. So be sure to listen for information about that. She also um, is a certified adoption therapist and the mother of three busy boys. So she is going to be here with us in just a minute. And I know you are really going to enjoy some of the information we're going to talk about related to the brain and attachment. So she'll be coming right up. Hey, Jessica, so good to have you back to continue this conversation. Um, I just loved hearing about Riley the Brave and um, all the different populations that have responded to it and the different nuanced ways the story has been like meaningful to people. Um, just adding to that, you had mentioned even using Riley the Brave in schools. And so could you take a minute just um, before we get into pace and some of the other things we're going to talk about yeah. to share about the book you made about school related to Riley the Brave? Yes. So Riley the Brave Makes It to School is the second Riley story that's going to be coming out. And it's a story with tricks and tips for tough transitions. And it seems particularly timely right now as so many kids have have had a really disrupted school year and maybe some of those attachment um, issues, attachment fears and and things are going to be more at the forefront as hopefully we're headed back to school in the fall. Um, So so Rather the Brave Makes It to School will come out this summer and it's really a story about about that, those tough mornings. So um, it's, you know, Riley's kind of waking up on the wrong side of the bed, grumpy, having having a series of porcupine moments that kind of spiral into turtle moments as he's getting ready. And we see the elephants playing out um, pace, playful, accepting, curious, empathic. We see, we see those characteristics in how they are interacting with Riley to help him get to school. And he starts that, you know, 
the second page of the book is Riley saying, I'm not going to school today because so many of us have experienced that, you know, when there, when there is a little bit of mistrust or even when there's typical development, we have these, like, I'm not doing it moments with our kids. Right. And so I wanted to show instead of tell, (laughs) um, show some strategies for helping kids with those big feelings and spoiler alert, Riley makes it to school. So, (laughs) you know, these things, these things that I think, um, sometimes when people are, have have had a more authoritarian upbringing or like that's how they've they've that's the only way they've known to raise their kids right and we're shifting to a more therapeutic parenting style that it feels permissive and so i i like to point out that like riley made it to school right there were we 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 get the job done and actually it's with less effort in the long run even though it can feel like more upfront um yeah so that's that's sort of the the gist yeah yeah well i mean i think that that um will be a really great addition, you know, um, to the, to the series with, um, transitions can be so hard for all kids and even kids where the primary presenting issues like school phobia or something, I would, you know, that, that it could be helpful for that too. So that's a great development. And when, and when will people be able to get that? So the pre-order is is live. It is okay, up great. on Amazon. So okay. you can you can go and and place your order. The book itself will come out in June of 2021. As okay, great. So so soon. Um, and and you're absolutely right. So it's it's beyond um, it's beyond just you know trauma related issues. It's that it's that all kids have big feelings. And so especially coming out of this time of COVID where there's just trauma abounding. Right. That I wanted to have a story for for that's super relatable for kids and helpful for parents and teachers and counselors um, to be able to to help kids with the really big feelings that we are absolutely going to see school refusal or or, you know, school phobias and, um, you know, even selective mutism, like you can think of that as as a, a form of a turtle moment. It's that, right. it's that brain defending. Um, right. And so I've, I've heard from people who are using that analogy and sort of meeting, meeting the turtle moment instead of, in a, in a different way. Right. Um, yeah. I just, my passion is to help <laughs> brave cubs and their big critters get through this stuff with, with some of the science that I've learned along the way. And so I think that's what comes through um in the second book as well yeah beautiful yes so another piece that is woven into your work obviously it would have to be interacting mm-hmm. with john balin and and his involvement in dyadic developmental psychotherapy and so there's a acronym called pace that comes yes. from dyadic developmental psychotherapy um and that is also even woven into these books but i mean we can talk about it in general as well so how yeah. can what would you like to share with listeners about pace and and why you think from a brain-based perspective that awakens uh, the attachment system. 
That's a great question. So, um, yeah, like you mentioned, John Balin and Dan Hughes, that, I think that was part of the spark of their, their friendship was um, John talking about what was happening in the brain as Dan was talking about what he was seeing, you know, as he did this, this therapeutic model of using pace, um, using pace with parents, using pace with kids, teaching parents to pace kids, right? Like this whole, all of the layers. And, and so what I've seen and continue to study with John is how incredibly effective, effective pace is because playfulness wakes up the upstairs brain. So our, our kids are short circuiting to fight, flight, freeze, um, feign death, right? Those, those big, those tiger turtle, um, feelings and behaviors. And we want to, we want to wake up the upstairs brain. We want to wake up that those connections from their, their super protective amygdalas um, to reach that that frontal lobe and say, oh, maybe I don't need to defend in this situation. Maybe this isn't the same as when I was in in a traumatic situation, right? Right. Um, so playfulness is super powerful for that. So I, I include play in lots of my work, um, including on social media, you know, having a playful Tuesday post because it's so hard for the parent brain that's faced with, you know, behaviors laced with, <laughs> with trauma history to stay in their upstairs brain. That that's only natural, right? So if you're, if you're a parent listening to this, um, and, and play feels really out of reach. I get it. Of course it does. Your brain is learning to defend itself. And so, so I use, you know, I'm teaching therapists to use pace with, with their parents, uh, the parents they're working with to wake up their attachment system as well. Um, that it's just layer upon layer of, of putting this in action. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can go through, you know, I have stories about acceptance and um, and curiosity and empathy as well. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to jump in with on play. Um, you know, I think one of the things um, that stands out to me is what happens neurochemically with play and yeah. the release of positive brain chemistry. That's right. Oxytocin, dopamine, what, whatever. That's and, right. Um, you know, I think that's one of the the things that over the years as a therapy therapist, you, you can't not like a child you do therapy with. And that really was intriguing. Now, most therapists aren't going to openly admit that they don't like any child, but you know, we all know that there's these children that if we're going to be honest, you know, are, are harder to like, and, um, and I think it's, it allows us also to have empathy for the parent of what that That's feels right. like. But anyway, so I was like, um, that goes away with therapy. And I became very curious, like what was happening to me yes. that was different? Yes. And it was how that reciprocal play was impacting my brain and my, my right. relationship and, and being able to find joy with that child. So then think about how powerful that is for the parent. Exactly. With a stressed brain 
um, from from whatever the circumstances and a child who displays a lot of not very delightful behavior if we can if we can awaken some play in them exactly um, oh my gosh it's just and with the so recognition powerful. that it, it it's easier for a therapist like an hour a week you know oh, yeah um, but it it just it's like the the, the magic of yeah shifting the brain so that that's that was right. just that's what, exactly right that since you asked that's what i would ask <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly it right it's the magic of shifting the brain and play is such a powerful tool for that i think the others are as well so a is for acceptance and it's not accepting the behavior it's accepting the the need or the motivation or the feeling behind the behavior. So it's not saying like, yeah, go ahead and break the lamps, break all the lamps, right? right it's right. saying, it's saying, I get that you're scared and sad and worried in this moment. Um, oh, you know, I, I understand how that looked um, like a fun thing to do. And here's how I'm going to help you shift into something that's more appropriate or whatever. Right. Right. Um, and Dan Hughes talks about you know, in therapy, really taking that to the nth degree, that if you have kids who are um, sexually acting out, you know, he, he worked with a, a girl who had, who had, like taught her younger sister some inappropriate things. And when the therapist, the DDP therapist went in with this, with pace, with acceptance um, and curiosity about why that might've happened, they uncovered that she was trying to protect her younger sister because maybe if she knew some things, the sexual abuse wouldn't be so bad because mm -hmm. that had been her experience, right? Mm -hmm. So if we are accepting of, of the feeling ex and, and curious about the why, like setting aside our agenda for a minute um, to really be curious about, about why this happened. So I'll give you a, like a, a super silly example. Um, my, so I'm raising three boys. They are now seven, 10 and 12. And one of my boys, I had said, you know, to like go put your clothes away or whatever. Um, and it was the end of the day and I'd walked in their room and I see this mess of clothes in front of the dresser. And I'm like, you know, I said, Hey, what is this? I told you to put your clothes away in my super therapeutic parenting voice. Right. That's just spot on. Well done. <laughs> um, no, I, I snapped a little bit and was yeah. like, what are you doing with yes. my furrowed brow? And, um, and he's like, no, 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 wait, mom. Cause he stayed in his upstairs brain. Thank goodness. And said that this is my clothes for Monday. And this is my clothes for Tuesday. This is my clothes. He had laid out his clothes for the week. It was adorable. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I snapped at you. This is really cool. Maybe we can find a way to put them so that they're not like right on the floor. Yeah. You can get one of those little shelf things. That's right. In the closet. That's right. You know, I had one of those. <laughs> yes. yes. Hyper-organized people like things like that. Yeah. So there are options. And if I had come in and I know that's a really tiny example, but if I had come in and said, Hey bud, what's going on here? If I had been curious for a second, instead of immediately assuming he had disobeyed me, right. Mm -hmm. Um, that leads to a different outcome. So thank goodness he had stayed in his upstairs brain and it didn't turn into a, a blow up. But with it, if I was parenting a child who was more sensitive to rejection or sensitive to my furrowed brow, that could have turned into a knockdown drag out. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, you know, before we move on to curiosity, I, I think what is really 
the hard thing sometimes for for parents to grasp especially when they're highly stressed is acceptance is not condoning yeah yeah so we're not saying oh yeah all this is great and it's fine and because a lot of people have an association with acceptance that it's condoning and and i think it's really important to separate that out you know that yes so yeah so what about um curious and empathic yes so actually i just want to tie up acceptance with one more part that in in riley the brave makes it to school that the elephants are accepting, ah, yeah, sometimes I I don't want to go to work either, accepting that feeling, but they don't say, you don't have to go to school. Right. That's not, that's not acceptance. Acceptance mm-hmm. is, is that the feeling behind it, what might be motivating it, right? The, the fears and concerns. Right. Um, that's different. And so I think you're right. That's a hard thing to grab onto because it can feel like um, accepting the behavior. Right. We're not accepting that Riley's not going to go to school. Now, granted, there might be times that when that is the answer that you guys, that you come to, I'm not saying for every family, but in this, in this limited right. instance, like that's not, that's not the goal is to just let the kid do what they want. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So curiosity, um, I think wh- where we see it in the story is um, Riley has a shift from he's prickly, grumpy, you know, grouchy. And then we see the shift where he kind of closes off and starts to sink into a turtle moment. And so from a from a polyvagal perspective, we know he's gone down the ladder mm-hmm. um, and he's sort of in getting into that collapse. And that's the an opportunity that one of the elephants goes in and is curious like uses the stuffed animal to sort of talk out loud to near riley but not too riley because sometimes that's too much for kids that we just say like huh you know plucky i wonder why riley doesn't want to go to school today maybe it's all the worksheets right like using so we're using play we're using acceptance because we know the feeling is that he doesn't want to go to school and combining it with with curiosity of let's dig into that a little bit you know maybe it's that he misses me as much as i miss him maybe it's um maybe it's that um that he has big feelings that are hard to hold. And so we need to find a way that he can leave those safely behind in order to turn on his, his learning brain. I don't say it like that in the book, but that's, that's the, um, you know, that's what we're going for to try to help. Yes. Uh, help parents tune into what some, what might be underneath some of these behaviors mm-hmm. um, and to be curious. And it's exhausting as a parent trying to get out the door in the morning. And so um, I feel like Ross Green would tell me that I should be doing this not in the morning. And I agree. I agree, Ross Green, if you're listening, <laughs> that we, we need to, we need to. Special footnote for <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's a flaw in the book, but gosh darn it, these things come up during the morning sometimes, she says, as a mother of three. Um, but you're right. We should, we should be planning this not in the moment. 
<laughs> I accept that correction. Um, no, I, 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 in all seriousness, obviously it is helpful to have these conversations outside of the heat yes. of the moment yes. um, for the sake of storytelling and for the sake of reality. We know that that's not always always possible. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. I love that. I think the curiosity is, is so important and um, yeah, that it's, it's almost like um, a, a, a frame of mind in a way you show up um, that I yeah. think allows something to emerge rather than um, one of the things we talk about in raising the challenging child is don't ask what's wrong yeah because most of the time you're going to get i don't know but rather and they don't be, be curious, it, like language-based right, right. right in a language-based way they can't answer that they don't right. they don't linguistically know right you know, right yeah. and any and let's assume they have some feelings words that doesn't mean they can tie it to the state they're feeling inside I mean that's a whole other you know so love it love it love it and then empathy of course so let's let's talk talk about that one yeah so here's a fun fun fact from John about empathy is that sometimes empathy is too much sometimes especially for parents in the thick of it that feeling with right so so empathy is it it literally in your brain activates feeling with another, um, that might be too much because you might want the feeling to go away. If the pain is so big, if the, if the anger is so big, that might be overwhelming for you as the parent or even as the clinician. And so sometimes it's helpful to reframe that in as, um, as, compassion that um that i can under i can cognitively understand where we are but it's not my pain and so i have a different a different way that i can interact with it where i can stay present with the story with um with the narrative that this is a brave cub having a hard time and and not lose and not go into my defense brain trying to shut down the pain or run away from the anger that that shift has been that was really eye-opening for me that that little detail about um feeling versus sort of knowing and obviously all of these for parents are upstairs brain tasks all of these are really really mentally draining tasks, right? To be playful and accepting and curious and, and have empathy or compassion for your child's experience. And so I feel like somebody shared this with me and I, and I loved it. I feel like there, that you almost need an S before pace for self-regulation that you need that you need to, to fill up. You need your own self-care and real true neurological self-care, not like I use a bath bomb once a month. Like that's not what we're talking about. If you like bath bombs, great, use your bath bombs. But you know, how are you caring for your your mind and your body and your spirit in the midst of this Herculean task of of parenting or of being in a helping profession with with families who are dealing with really big stuff you know with these big behaviors and mm -hmm. um and and big hurts and and fears that's we we have to regulate you know we have to have our safe big critters <laughs> to go to yeah um, 
to be able to stay engaged? Yes. Well, I think, you know, one of the things um, that I have um, always thought about is, you know, I, I use Theraplay and DDP a lot, and um, they do assume the parent showing up in a certain state of readiness um, to kind of deliver on those upstairs tasks you're saying. And so sometimes we, we do have to, um, you know, help parents have enough support to, to get there. Um, right. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. And it's, a, and, and we can take the shame out of it for parents. Cause I think uh, almost every parent I've ever worked with has felt like a failure. Um, yeah. You know, just for needing help or for how, how their family is struggling or whatever it is. And so we can just, we can just take that shame right out and say, you know, it's a brain thing. Your brain is reacting the way it's designed to react and, and that's okay. And I'm here to help and, and we're in this together and let's see how we can help you, you know, dial back some of those, those defensive strategies and build up some of your upstairs brain capacity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I think that that's important to, to recognize and, um, you know, have empathy for that, you yeah, know, for folks that we're right. working with and really, um, understanding that. So, well, yeah. tell us, you know, what, what can, where can listeners, like we've talked where to find the books? Well, not exactly. We've talked about the books, not necessarily yeah. where to find the books. So if you could just like let, and I know, you do speaking engagements and um, you go to schools and you have a clinical practice. Like how do, how do we get, uh, (laughs) how do we get more of Jessica after hearing the great interview? Everybody's going to want more. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So yes, I, the the best place to go is bravebrains.com. Um, and you'll be able to find there's, you know, links to purchase the books. There's also, um, right now you'll see my new release is not in the Riley series. It's called what's inside your backpack. Um, and it's another great resource for, for, um, professionals and parents who are trying to unpack some of the things that kids are dealing with. So bravebrains.com, there's lots of free resources. There's a page just for professionals and just for schools and, um, as far, and you can find information there about booking events or upcoming events, all uh-huh. of that stuff is there. Right. There's also a website just for Riley the Brave. So rileythebrave.org is a great place for parents, especially there's a parent's corner there that has some free resources and even like a webinar and, and some things that are all free. And there's also, you know, posters and things to just really flesh out the concepts a little more. Okay. The story, the Riley the Brave stories are purposely a little leaner on words because we know how, how traumatized brains work, how stressed brains work, and that yes. we need fewer words. Um, and so I've created some posters and things to, to flesh out some of the upstairs, downstairs brain stuff for, for, um, families and schools and professionals. And on social media, you can find me at Jessica Sonarski on Twitter. And depending on when this comes out, <laughs> at, uh, at my Instagram handle is Riley the Brave currently, but it will be swish- switching to Jessica Sonarski. So that shift is happening in probably the beginning of April. And you can find me on Facebook at Riley the Brave. 
Great. And now if somebody wanted to seek you out for clinical services, are you? uh... Good question. So I am shifting to doing more group work than and and training kinds of things than individual um, practice. So I do have a number of clients, but they've been with me for a very long time and I'm not accepting new clients. Okay. If you're in Delaware and looking for adoption competent therapy, a better chance for our children is a great resource. That's where I where I'm a supervisor. Um, and if you're a professional, I do a lot of work with professionals. So go to bravebrains.com and click on the community providers page, and you'll find all kinds of all kinds of things of ways to get connected. Well, fabulous. Well, thank you so so much for joining us on the attachment theory in action podcast. It's been a pleasure to to talk with you and hear about all your wonderful work. Thank you, Karen. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, tkcchattock.org, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please log on to tkcchattock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory. 